Good morning. If you haven't met me yet, my name is Katie Hume. I serve on the AV team and I'm also a social worker in our community. For me, giving or generosity is a lifestyle of choosing to live out of what our abundance can be for others. Um, because the reality is, is we all have an abundance of something, um, whether it be time, energy, talents, uh, money, um, and it takes trusting God to, to accept and understand, like, yes, this is an abundance that I have in my life. Um, and that can change over different seasons. And I know there have been times where I have been generous or lived out a gen like generosity and um, it feels commonplace or it comes from like an insincere or um, exhausted heart. Um, and it's in those moments that like the reminder that generosity isn't about me, it's about the recipient, it's about God, um, it's about living out of that abundance for others. Like. It's for others. It's not for me or my own um, self-fulfillment. It's for others. And so that reminder is really helpful and actually really comforting for me um, when I am coming from that place in my generosity as well. Um, also for me, I'm particularly passionate about the ways that we um, can give for our neighbors who are oppressed or burdened by poverty. Um, we have so many opportunities and ways to serve, give, listen, um, take part, and donate in those efforts. Um, and so I am just so excited that we're talking about this at Rest City, and I'm excited to dig into this more with you all here. Thanks. Well, hey everyone, good morning, and welcome to Resurrection City Church. Uh, my name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, as you saw from the video, we have been uh, doing a series where we've been talking a lot about God's grace uh, and our own generosity, our own giving, our own grace that spills out of that. Um, and uh, I know, you know, boy, it, it's been like kind of a crazy like last, you know, few weeks for us, like really a crazy last few years. And I think, you know, for me, I just was reflecting this morning on how, how good it is that we are people who get to be fueled by grace. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of weeks where I'm like, I'm not really sure what else I could be fueled by. Uh, everything else seems to kind of fall short. And you might feel kind of ragged. You might feel kind of um, overwhelmed with, with life as it, as it is currently constituted. And this is, you know, uh, you know, what we're talking about, like our own giving, our own grace and our own generosity that kind of, you know, goes forth from us. That's kind of the big, you know, one of the big action points we're talking about in the series. But I think also it's just a good time to, you know, rem remember that we ourselves are fueled by grace and to remind ourselves to tap back into that. Um, and to sort of rely on that ourselves so that we can be fueled to uh, then give grace to others. Um, so let me pray, and we'll, we'll get into this uh, last sermon in this series here um, and the rest of the stuff that we have uh, today planned, which is, which is pretty exciting. I'm pretty excited for it all. So let, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll get into that. Lord, thank you that uh, we are people who can be uh, fueled by your grace um, and that you don't just... Uh, help us to survive with your grace, but you fill us up so much that we can uh, let that spill out of us into the lives of others, God. Um, we have uh, people all around us who are hurting, people all around us who need to experience grace. 
Um, and uh, Lord, you, you aren't content to just let that come to us, but you uh, give us uh, plenty, you give us an abundance, like Katie said, so that we can uh, supply others' needs uh, through the grace that flows through us um, on all around us, God. So help us to do that. Help us to have wisdom as we do it, um, and as we uh, examine that uh, quite a bit here today. Um, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Uh, amen. All right, so I want you to think back to a time. It could have been maybe in your training, like for whatever you do right now, for your vocation. It could have been uh, for some extracurricular activity you, you did, like whether it was a sport or a, an instrument you played or something. And, and I want you to think back to a time about how, when you were like apprenticed or you were coached or you were mentored by somebody who had some experience or some expertise in that. Um, and, and think back to how you were kind of under them, right? You kind of gave yourself over to them and their wisdom, their knowledge, their kind of just understanding what it is you were trying to do and how you sort of fared much better as you sort of gave yourself over to understand that they knew what they were talking about. And if you listened to them, you kind of followed them, you got the most benefit out of it. The more and more you did that, the more and more benefit you sort of received towards the thing you were putting yourself to, right? So like I said, it could be a coach, Right? It could be an instructor in some like, sport or activity, a mentor in your trade, a tutor for some musical instrument. And, and sometimes like, you get called to do things that you didn't know you could do, right? or you kind of had to be encouraged or challenged to do that thing. I know for me, I always think about, like, I, I'm not a gymnast, all right? so in case you were confused about that, you don't be confused anymore. But I have always kind of thought, like, man, like how... Is it hard to get to that point where you do the first flip, where you actually are like, you know, the, the, your coach is like, you can do this. You need to actually leave the ground, though, and tuck and give yourself over to this thing. Like, is that a hard p place to get your brain to, right? But when you do that, though, you know you're really sort of under their teaching. You know, you've really given yourself over to that person when you know you're kind of doing something, at least to me, that sounds as crazy as that, right? I'm kind of a wimp, maybe. You know, maybe that's a really easy thing for people to get to. I don't know. Um, but, like, that, that's kind of, that, when that came to mind for me as I was thinking through, like, what it means to actually give yourself over to something. Now, with God's generosity or grace, I think it kind of operates a little bit similarly. And Katie talked about in this video, and I do just want to thank everybody who made these videos for the last few weeks for these, uh, for these sermons that we've been doing. Um, Thomas and the Seidels and Katie, just have really appreciated your sort of wisdom, your, your angle at how you think about generosity and grace in your own lives. But Katie talked a little bit about how we, have, we all have an abundance of something, right? And so the big thing for us is understanding what that is. And then like today, what I want to do is I want to talk about once we identify that abundance, whatever it might be, how we can sort of give ourselves over to God's grace and let our own abundance spill out to other people. Now, in the book of Romans, like if, and if you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the word grace. Like we dug into what that word actually meant in its own setting, how, what Paul was thinking when he thought about that word grace. Um, but that word grace, it shows up in the book of Romans, and it's sort of central to the, the big idea of the book, the theology and the practical parts. And actually, like by my count at least, there are, it shows up 24 times in that you know, relatively short book. Like the, the word charis, which is grace, shows up 24 times. And, and Paul sort of unpacks grace at length earlier in the book, but then he kind of talks about like, you know, what it means for us to live in light of that grace, right? And he, we get to this idea of being under or giving ourselves 
over to something when we get to this section of the book of Romans. So this is uh, Romans 5. It's right at, the end of the chap- right at the end of chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. But where sin incre- increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I don't know about you, but that, word, or that, that phrase, like grace might reign, when you think about the reign of grace, that really stands out to me. Uh, if you're listening on a podcast this later, by reign, I mean R-E-I-G-N, not rain like, you know, water falling from the sky. Okay, just make that clear. Um, but think about that, the reign of grace, like living under, under grace, right? Giving ourselves over to grace. Before this, before grace showed up, we were under sin, right? And that speaks to us being sort of agents of it, like having, you know, having minds that, that are given over to sin, but it also kind of speaks to us being under the, the boot, right? Under the thumb of sin, under its power to like oppress us and like really, you know, tear us to bits as humans. Instead, though, that's been replaced by this reign of grace that we're now under as a result of that being poured out to us uh, through Jesus, it's kind of a deep concept when you really start to wrap your brain around it, I think, right? And you might have thought Paul would have said something like, you know, we're under the reign of God or Jesus. That's language that's used all throughout the Bible. Jesus is king, God is ruler, you know, stuff like that. You would think, you know, Paul would say something like that. So it, it's clear he means something, you know, not not that, but something maybe further than it when he uses the phrase, we're under the reign of grace. So what, what does that mean? Why would he use that language? Well, I think what he's talking about here is how we're supposed to give ourselves over to grace, right? To be under it, to sort of be under its tutelage, to sort of give ourselves over to what grace calls us to be. What we know grace is through God showing uh, it to us and through us sort of emulating it in our own lives as much as we possibly can. And it shows us the character I think of this reign, right? And like, like I said in, the, in these previous sermons, we've kind of tried to unpack you know, what grace actually means. And some of the stuff we've talked about are how grace comes to us despite our faults, right? It doesn't really pay any attention to our positive or negative worth we might have. It comes to us regardless of it. Uh, and it doesn't mean it's, it's cheap, but it's not afraid of your shame, Okay, so being under the reign of grace means we're not afraid of our own shame or maybe the shame of others that we might try to be generous to. Okay, or perhaps grace putting us all on the same page. We talked about this in that first sermon in the series too. When we're all under its reign, we can have real unity and equality with all other people because we've all, we've all received the same gift regardless of who we might be right? The same gift has come to all of us, despite our, our positive or negative worth. We can find this sort of unity that puts us on the same page because of grace. And to live under its reign means we acknowledge that. Grace makes us rich. We talked about this a lot last week. Uh, richness that is far greater than any other wealth we could accumulate for ourselves. Paul unpacks this in his letter to the Corinthians, and he's talking about this financial gift uh, that they, he's asking them to give over to the church in Jerusalem, but he's talking about how they would get a greater form of richness back for themselves if they're willing to give this over. And then something we've talked about uh, throughout this whole series is how grace creates new realities. 
in the world around us, okay? And this is what we really want to get into today is how our own generosity, us uh, sort of acknowledging or finding our abundance that God has given us and, and giving it over in ways other than money. Last week we talked about money more so, but this week I want to talk about other things we might have abundance in, about how when we give that over to people, it can create new realities, new pathways, new avenues for them to flourish, for them to experience uh, God's grace, um, so that they can sort of uh, find that flowing into them as well. So God's world can be overflowing uh, like a flood of grace being raised up as we all sort of are given over to that, given over to its reign over us. Now these are all uh, reasons we might desire to be under grace, right? To see God's reign flow through us. But just a few verses later, Paul sort of unpacks this idea more thoroughly. So what does it actually mean to be under the reign of grace? Okay, so this is jumping ahead a few verses into Romans chapter 6, verses 12 to 14. Therefore, he says, do not let sin reign, the same language here, in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under law, but you are under grace. Okay, that same idea here. We are not to let sin reign over us because we are under grace instead. But I want you to pay attention to you know, what Paul is saying here about what that looks like. He says, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. So he's talking about your actual body here. Okay, your, your physical body. Don't let that be reigned or under sin, but instead offer it up to God because we are under grace. Now, this is the NIV. This is what we typically use here at Rest City is the New International Version. And, it's, um, uh, and it kind of talks about you know, offering um, you know, part of yourself. That's what the language here is, right? Don't offer every part of yourself to God or you know, do not offer any part of yourself to sin. Now, the literal word there is actually your limbs. Okay, so it's literally talking about your um, head, your shoulders, your knees, your toes, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your nose, all of it, right? Your limbs, the actual parts of your body, give them over to grace. Now let's talk about what that means, okay? All right, this isn't to say that Paul doesn't think it's important what you think or you believe, the stuff that's going on inside of your head, but he wants it to be richer than that. It can never remain just a thought within us that we're under grace, that we like grace, that we think grace is good, okay? It has to go further, right, in our bodies, even literally, moving from our head down into the rest of us for it to really show that we're under the reign of grace, okay? Because the idea is this, okay? This is what Paul is getting at. What you do with your bodies really is an expression of the self, okay? Because we are embodied creatures. We are not brains on a stick, okay? We are not thinking organisms, we are doing organisms. And our thinking is a, is a big part of that, but there is so much more to us than just what we might be thinking or feeling in any given moment. We might experience ourselves that way by what we're thinking or feeling in any given moment, and we might start to think of ourselves based off, you know, primarily what we think about something. But understand that, like, when other people experience us, they're, they're not experiencing us as brains on a stick. Right? They're seeing what we do with our embodied selves. They're seeing you know, the actions that we partake in. They're seeing if we're present in certain places or not. Right? They don't 
they don't take our sentiment of like, I think it should, you know, it would be good to do this thing, to this generous thing, but I'm not actually going to do it, but because I think it, then I feel like I'm a generous person. That's not how it works, and that's not how people experience us. It matters to show that we're under the reign of grace, that we're reflecting that in our bodies. So when we follow Jesus, it can never be following him just as a brain on the stick, right? Having the right thoughts, having the right sentiments, right? It has to be reflected into our actual literal limbs. That's what Paul is saying here. That's what it means to really be under grace. And if you think of yourself as under grace, but your lived life, right, what people around you experience doesn't indicate that, then people are not going to experience you as under grace, and they're certainly not going to experience God's grace flowing out of you to them. And that is really what, what Paul is after here. That's what God is after when he gives us the gift of grace. We talked about this last week a little bit, right? You hear this kind of phrase thrown around all the time, don't tell me what you value, show me. It's exactly what Paul is getting at here. And sometimes we might need outside help to discern this. We might need a truthful word from a trusted friend to sort of indicate to us like what is going on in our limbs, right? What is actually being shown by our actual embodied lived lives, whether or not we're reflecting that we're people who are under grace, who are given over to the reign of grace or not. Because what our actual limbs do or don't do actually, you know, it's a good job of showing what, what kind of reign is actually over us. Right? Where do your feet lead you or not lead you? Right? What, is your, are your, what is your thumbs doing when it's using its phone? Is it you know, often just scrolling through Instagram or looking at sports scores or something like that? Right? Is it just mindlessly surfing the internet? Is that what your thumbs are up to when, when it's using your phone? Are your fingers always typing emails for work? Right? Are they constantly online shopping? Right? Well, you kind of get to see through your limbs, what reigns over you? Okay, are your ears always listening to some partisan podcast, right? Some view of the world that comes, right, right from, from something other than grace itself, right? Is that what you're using the parts of your body for? Or are you seeing them used for the perpetuation of more grace, right? This is going to show us what really reigns over us, what we've really given ourselves over to, and what we're trusting, Right? what we're trusting to actually produce fruit in us of God's grace and generosity. Now, grace doesn't just stop. As we move forward in the book of Romans here, we find that grace doesn't just stop at giving us a sort of pattern to live out, right? To sort of inform us like what we do with our actual literal limbs, okay? It actually goes further than that, and this is really cool. When Paul talks about grace, as he traced this thread of what grace looks like in the lived, embodied lives of of God's people, um, we actually see that grace powers us and creates certain abundances in us for us to be generous with, with other people. And this is what we find when we jump ahead to chapter 12 here. Romans 12, 6 to 8. Now, You'll notice, like I have got uh, a little, I've kind of blocked out what, what word is normally there, like right away at the beginning. We all have different, it says grace is there. The word you'll normally find translated is gifts. Now that's because like it's kind of, we're talking about the idea of spiritual gifts here. But it's just important to know that the word for gift that Paul uses here is actually the same word for grace. 
So I want, I'm using this, I know grace is a helpful, or gift is a helpful word when we're talking about like gifts or skills that you have, which is what Paul is kind of getting at here. But when we root it in the actual word that Paul is using, grace, it helps us to sort of understand the economy of what God is doing when he gives us his grace and we see that grace spreading out from us to others. So we all have different graces according to the grace given to each of us. If your grace is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The, the big idea here is that everything we do, that God wants us to be as people, embodied creatures, is showcasing God's grace through our own graces, giving us an abundance of something that we can have spill out of us to other people. Now, this is where we talk about grace looking a little bit different for each one, each one of us, right? It's all fueled by the same grace, but it kind of manifests differently in different graces in each one of us. But the point is this. We ought to be generous with our own graces, just like God has been generous with his grace for us. Not using it for his own benefit, but using it to bless others. We're supposed to become like God as we have our own graces to give away to other people. Now, last week we talked a little bit about sort of, like I said, financial versions of this, but today we're talking more about like actually ourselves, giving generously of who we are to other people. And let me, let me be clear on this. This is a huge part of discipleship, of being faithful to God, is knowing this. So it's imperative for us not to just be brains on a stick, but to actually identify where it is that we have been given grace so that we might be like God and give that grace away to other people. Because the whole point of being a Christian is becoming like Jesus, Right? being made like him in the present life, and then someday being made like him when we're resurrected again. Like, that's, that's the whole point, okay? So one of the ways we become like Jesus in this life is being like him and giving away our graces to others. Now, I've been on a journey like, of this too. I, I feel like this is, this is not the kind of thing you figure out day one, right? You, you, you become a Christian, day, you know, day one. Maybe day two, you're like, here we go, this is what it's going to look like for me the rest of the life. This is really like an ongoing thing. And I can tell you actually, um, you know, without getting too much into it, the last year was hard as it, you know, last couple years, I suppose, as hard as it's been, has actually caused me to have to lean into this for myself more and more to figure out what do I have to give other people to create new realities, to bless others through God's grace. Okay? I think we're constantly going to be searching ourselves out for this. You know, we'll be at different times of our life, knowing what we might have abundance in. It could be in time. It could be in some skill that is needed for some reason, right? Different situations are going to require us to examine ourselves more and more to know what it is that we have to give away. But don't give up searching this out, okay? Some things will remain constant, but some things will remain the same. And, you know, without getting into all this stuff today, I considered it, but uh, we have a whole class at Res City on helping you to discern this stuff. It's called our Calling and Identity class. And um, like, even if you've done something like this before, I'd still really encourage you to come and do it again, right? Because I think it's helpful for us to, like I said, to continually be, be reflecting on ourselves. One of the things we do in that, in that class is we look, for example, at our stories. Our stories 
are, you know, where we'll often see God having worked, which, as we talked about in the class, helps us to sort of know where he might be leading us in the future to pour our graces out again. But your story is always moving forward, right? Like, so if you took this class, you took some class like this, or you really, you know, looked at this hard in college five, six years ago or something like that, well, you know, you've changed a lot since then. God's, your story has progressed. So let, you know, dig back into that and ask yourself, like, is there a trajectory I've seen from maybe college that's continued on, but I, as I discern this more and more, I can figure out, you know, as I move into this next stage in my life, what it might look like for me to know I have abundance in and give it away to other people as well. Okay, that's just one aspect in the class that we sort of look at, but I would highly encourage you to do this if you haven't done it before. Because I think, like I said, I think this is a huge part of us being disciples, us being people who are under grace, is knowing what we have abundance in, what graces God has poured out on us. Now, I want to kind of wrap things up today. Um, we're trying to go a little bit quicker just because we you know, are, have a little bit of a, of a larger service today with the other things that are going on. But I do want to talk a little bit about like, how we can make generosity practical. Okay, now I talked through a couple of different uh, specific questions or, 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 or thoughts you might be having in regards to a lot of this stuff. Okay, so first off, um, should I only give out of abundance, right? So once you do identify what you have, let's say you, you're in college, you have a lot of extra time to give, right? Uh, or you have, you're really good at one thing, should I only give out of those things? Should I you know, never get out of, give out of anything else. It should just be things I have abundance in. I would say start there, but never just leave it there. Like you can, you can give in other areas that you're not necessarily good at. Like, right? Like it, 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 there, there are, are ways that you can still bless people and things that you maybe don't have abundance in, in, in small ways, even if you're sort of leaning into the larger abundance that you've identified that you have. Um, you know, you, you hear this sometimes for work. People say, like, you want to have a job that, you know, 80% of the time you're loving it, and you, you know, you have 20% of your job that you don't love, that's just kind of the necessary thing that you have to do. And once you find that ratio, you probably have a good job, right? So 80% of the time you're doing what you like and you're good at, 20% of the time you're doing what you don't really love that much, but it's sort of, it's a low enough, you know, version of that where you still are enjoying your job. I would say that's not maybe a, a bad way to think about it for yourself too, right? Like, look to give 80% of what you're good at away, but understand that 20% of who you are and ways you can serve might not be things you're super excited about, but still are needed in any given setting. And just be okay with that. I think that's all right. That's a way to take the reign of grace seriously, is being willing to give of stuff maybe you're not great at, but is still needed in some setting. Okay, how about this question? How far should I go in my giving? Should I just burn myself out? Should I be constantly giving, 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 right? I think that's one way that we can sort of, um, you know, read what, what's going on here is we should sort of constantly be pouring ourselves out. And maybe you've been in that stage of life before where you have given, given, given. I know that can happen in certain settings, in certain ministry settings where it's just necessary. It feels like it's necessary for you to be giving yourself kind of constantly over uh, to something. Is that what is in, implied here? Because if you've been in that place, you know, that wasn't very fun. I didn't feel very fulfilled doing that. Is that the right, is that what God's calling me to is basically, basically misery of constantly giving myself and burning myself out? And I would say this to that. Yes, every once in a while, that might be the season you're in, okay? But that should not be the season that you last in because if you think about it like this, 
In order to give yourself away, in order to give something, you have to have something to give, right? And, you know, if you think of it like, you know, we, we talked about your committed, last week, you know, financially giving. Let's say you're committed to very radical, you know, financial generosity. That's something that God has put on your heart. Imagine you were, you were constantly giving out of your bank account and putting no work into sort of just making sure that there was income coming into that bank account, like eventually you'd run out of stuff to give and you couldn't kind of continue on in that generous lifestyle. It call, for us to be generous call, calls us or means that we're going to have to be giving attention to having something to give back. And that same, I think it works the same way with who we are, with our bodies, with our, with our actual embodied selves. Our time, our attention, our skills, those things need to be regularly attended to as well, right? So that we have something good to give away uh, to other people. So being generous, I think, means putting in the work to have something to give. And your, your, your skills, your time, your attention, these things that are a part of you, they need to be cultivated as well, Okay. And there is so much research out there about how important it is for us to sort of care for our bodies, right? We're embodied creatures. It means we have to care for our bodies. That means, like, you know, that's who we are, so we have to pay attention to that. That means rest. It means finding mental and emotional health so that we can give away our best. Like, just being honest, no one is going to want your cranky, complaining, you know, time or whatever you're giving them because you're so burned out, right? They're not, they're not going to enjoy you coming and helping them out with something or giving generously of yourself when what you're giving them is just more of a headache, okay? So consider how can I sort of be, you know, planning for myself how I can be sort of resting, having, you know, something coming into the bank account so I can be giving generously back out again, And that's when you find a healthy habit or rhythm of generosity where you can commit yourself, your life, over to grace, to generosity for other people. Now, one way to do this, one practical way to do this, the Seidel's talked about how they do this in that very first video. Uh, I mentioned it before, but I want to come back to it, is building margin into your schedule, right? Not letting busyness and hurry so overtake you to where you have nothing else to give other people because you're overcommitted to things, because you're um, constantly hustling around, right? Running out of energy so that when it comes to the opportunity for you to be generous, you have nothing to give because you've poured yourself out to some other thing that honestly you might not really have needed to pour yourself out to. That's the lie I think of so much of what we fill our time with is that it is, you know, something that is, you know, can't be uh, said no to when in reality it can so that we can say yes to the things that God calls us to say yes to. So, so um, do that, you know, uh, look at your schedule, look at your time, build margin into it so that you do have the opportunity to be generous and also you've been rested so you can give yourself fully over to things when the opportunity arises. Now this kind of brings up this idea of self-care, right? What, what I'm talking about here. A lot of you, you know, obviously have heard a lot about self-care and I'm going to guess a lot of you already value this already. So let me nuance it a little bit, okay? Let me, let me just kind of go f- and say what I do and don't mean by this. I think it's possible for us to sometimes lose the forest for the trees on this, right? So I think it can be this sort of thing where we get so laser-focused on our own wellness, on our own self-care, that we start saying no to everything. And, you know, out of some fear of losing 
something, you know, we, we kind of lose the opportunity to be generous to other people as well. And always remember, I think, that self-care is not a sort of, I think at least in this, in, you know, as we're talking about it here, self-care is not an end in and of itself. It's a means for us to be generous to other people. Okay? So that's something we have to be kind of considering, right? To not forget generosity, right, at the expense of self-care and, and, and to like, you know, um, uh, yeah, be some, so focused on that that we're not actually being generous people. Katie talked in the video about how generosity means we need to not be so focused on ourselves, but be focused on others. But there is a form of this self-care that causes us to become so focused on ourselves, right, that we don't even notice the needs of others around us. And that's, I think, the tragedy that can happen when we become laser-focused or too focused on this. Um, generosity is supposed to make us aware of where we can give ourselves away, where God's grace is needed more. Right? It could be uh, injustice issues. It could be for the oppressed, the hurting all around us. Right? Where places where the, the reign of sin is running amok and there needs to be grace given over to it. If we're not aware of those things because we're too focused on ourselves, then we can't bring that grace to that place. Okay? So we have to have, be thoughtful about this. Okay? We have to uh, be, be making sure that we are aware of what's going on around us so that we can be generous to it. And actually, I think, I think we, we, we might find that many of our emotional needs, many of the things that we need for our own wellness are actually met when we're giving ourselves to other people. All right? Like when, when, you, when you think about like the sort of economy of generosity that gets created, when you go to someone, you show them that you, uh, you, you see them, you value them, that you, you, you understand what they're going through, you're probably going to get that back. Right? And think about how healing that can be for us as well. But we only get that when we're giving it away to other people. And I think you know, this sort of creates a community when we're all living this way that is sort of fueled by grace, kind of going back and forth between all of us, meeting all of our needs. Right? And, and so this is kind of the last thing I want to talk about, like how we live in a generous community. What does that look like? And I think the ideal community, the one that is created and fueled by grace, the grace that Paul is talking about here is one where everyone's generosity being given away means everyone is getting back constantly what they need from others, right? The, the ideal community is not one where a few people are giving, 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 and others are taking, 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 but all of us, having identified what we have abundance in, are giving back to each other. And we're finding our needs met through our community with each other, through grace sort of rebounding around and around our community. Now, this is tough to attain, right? This is a, this is a real challenge. Life comes up and, and kind of get in the way of this a lot of times. Um, and, and I think we're, you know, we're, we're always going to have trouble getting that fully this side of heaven, okay? And that's, that's the thing to point out here. But I still think it's worth it for us to be striving for it. So as we sort of transition here to the next part of our service, um, I, I, I want to... You know, we, there's a reason we paired this sermon and this series with this commissioning and the ordination that we're doing today, all right, is, is because we are going to, like, we want to call out people, 
all of us who have sort of identified some area that we're going to be generous with ourselves, right? Some industry, we've identified some grace we have, some interest we have, and we're giving ourselves over to it, right? In our vocations. I think that's, that's what, 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 what most of us are doing in the jobs that we have. And what we want to do is we want to sort of highlight that. We want to sort of um, celebrate it. And we just want to pray for you as you enter a new year of giving of yourselves to some, something, giving your grace, being like Jesus in the place that you're at. Okay, so we think it's important for us to sort of um, highlight that and pray for you today. So that's what we're going to move into. I'm going to pray, and then Julie's going to come up and lead us in that time, and we'll have other people who will be coming up and, and, and praying with her uh, for different specific segments and people as they go out uh, to give their grace away. Lord, we thank you that we are people who are um, fueled by your grace, God. Again, we just keep coming back to that. We're people who are um, not sufficient on our own, God, but w- who need your grace. And, and our eyes have been opened to the need for that because you have revealed yourself to us and given that grace to us, God. I pray that we would be people who, who recognize that and then emulate you as much as we possibly can, wherever we're called, whatever job we're in, whatever industry that we are a part of, whatever neighborhood we're in, whatever life circumstances we might have right now, whether it's as parents, whether it's as single people, um, whether it's as uh, people caring for our parents or uh, whatever it might be, God, I pray that you would help us to rely on you so that we can be people who's, uh, who, who your grace spills out of into those spaces, God. We know everything you do is intentional, And so the places that we're in right now, God, are places you've called us to be. Help us to to joy in that and to turn to you so that we might have the grace we need in order to fulfill that calling. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.